Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson Saner. Saluton, that's me, Tyson Saner, your host for this week's installment of Succotash Shut-In. Last week was episode 225, and host Mark Hershon brought you a pentology of Soundcast spookiness to hit the Halloween theme in a big way. Soundcast in question were Ghoul Intentions, Spook Hour, The Boogie Monster, The Paranormal Life, and a clip uploaded to us of a Soundcast called Dead Waves. That entire show is, of course, still available to listen to at Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Laughable app, and many other places that you might find soundcasts, including our home site, SuckatashShow.com. This episode is going to be somewhat Halloween-themed. I'll try to explain how as we go. I've got clips from Candy Dinner with Matt and Iffy, because that's what you do immediately after trick-or-treating. You have a candy dinner in my dreams where I never have a tummy ache. Blood and Black Rum Podcast, a cult film slash horror podcast. That is its entire title. I think that choice is self-explanatory. And Spanish Aki Presents, because Hispanic Heritage Month was Tuesday, September 15th to Thursday, October 15th, this 2020th year, and Dios de los Muertos happens before my next episode of Succotash Shut In, so I thought it might be nice to touch on that. I've also made an early November appropriate selection for this episode's contribution from our longtime fake sponsor Henderson's Pants. And although I have not made my selection at the time of writing this, I will also be reading something from TrumpPoetry.com, our newer 100% fake sponsor with a 100% real website that anyone with a computer or has a friend with a computer can visit. It's an amazing archive, and I encourage you to seek it out and enjoy the quality of its wit and topicality, if that's a thing. Uh, All right, I just Googled it. It is. Let's get this underway, shall we? Thank you for listening. First up tonight, Candy Dinner with Matt and Iffy from Iffy Nwadiwe and Matt Apodaca. Its description is very short. It says, another comedy podcast with two comedian friends rambling. The clip I've selected is from episode from February 10th, 2020. It's episode 78. It's called Talkin' Movies. Its description said, Matt is back and he's fired up about the Oscars. Uh, the boys, or boys, it's B-O-I-S, drop their thoughts about movies and catch you up on what's going on. In this clip, the duo discuss ice cream parlors, Rick and Morty fandom, and a little bit about the food at a party Matt recently attended. What's that one? You got scoops. Yeah, we have scoops and we have another ice cream place. Uh, they do the ice cream cookie sandwiches and they have the Rick and Morty. Oh, oh, Wubba uh, Lubba Dub Dub. Yeah, no, I've seen that place. I don't know what it's not, called. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's called something because they were at Family Style Fest. Uh, it was great. I, j- they have Rick and Morty ice cream and I took uh, <laughs> Naomi there. That sounds epic. Oh, yeah. Well, that was what's so funny is Rick and Morty truly is like going afters after no people say afters is good yeah afters and it was great naomi had a strawberry ice cream which is also what she had from ample hills that's very sweet like it about the same yeah she loves strawberry ice cream but yeah afters was that family style fest but yeah they have the rick and morty thing and i really yeah i feel like 
Rick and Morty is bubbling to a point where I'm like, this, this, like the people who love it should hate it. But they, yes. they not even like the, the show itself, but all the stuff that is coming out of it. But they just eat it right up, which is proof, again, that the Rick and Morty fans are Jerry's Do when you, they think they're Rick's. <laughs> Do you think their Super Bowl commercial spiked uh, Pringles sales? Oh, definitely. You think I mean, so? when you got a group of people who's willing to shut down a McDonald's for a Mulan themed sauce that was referenced as a throwaway joke. Do we think that with the live action remake, they're going to bring that sauce people, back? People asked. People have already asked. Really? The, the floor has been bumbling. Yeah. That would be bumbling and rumbling. That'd be huge. That would. It would because I'd love it to just be specifically Mulan branding <laughs> to see these dorks fighting with children. That it'd be great. Um but yes, I, I'm quite sad about the loss of my favorite ice cream. I still have um about a pint and three quarters in my fridge. Oh so still got some still got some time. Still got some still got some stock. Ooh. And I'm I'm looking forward to finishing it and then hopefully i know but here's the thing they're opening i think they're opening one in long beach uh they have one at disney world in orlando okay that's too far yeah i'm not gonna go to that one but long beach is not far enough (laughs) like to that it would stop me from getting ice cream but i'm not gonna go all the way down there just for it it. the long beach uh locale wow oh rough they're gonna get a lot of google still talks as if it's still open oh dear you're gonna have a lot of people driving up mad going yeah yeah tim allen's gonna drive up (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) that i didn't like that impression at all because it sounded like you know that dog in wacky racers who Yeah, that's what it sounded like. That's a better impression. <laughs> How have you been? What you been up to? I feel like we haven't seen each other in a that's while. That's true, because what, last time, I haven't been on two. We took a week off. Yeah. There was a week in between where we didn't have one. Then you did one by yourself, and yeah. then you had Zig and Brody. Yeah. Um, everything's it, been good. I've just been, uh, I guess the word for it is busy. Um, yeah, it didn't even come to my Super Where did you do Super Bowl Sunday? So we didn't had, come to my joint. We had that I threw with Jaquise. I know. I saw and, and trust me, I got this after we had already locked in our plans because mm. otherwise it would have been like, okay, but what about this one? <laughs> uh, but this was we went to a very fun uh, party. It was a friend of Isabel's who, who she's known since she was three. Mm. So we went to her family's house and they had a TV outside. Okay, and they had pizza. What and kind they of had, pizza? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I had pepperoni, but <laughs> so it wasn't a fifty-six inch uh, big big papa pizza. No, uh, that's um, what we had. But then they also had spits. Oh, that's pretty good, but it isn't Harold's chicken from Chicago, right? No, because that's what we had. No, they had um, chili. Okay, homemade homemade chili. Ooh, what's their ethnicity? I don't know. <laughs> I think white. All right, then it's if it, if they're white, they're it's like that's probably if, pretty good. It's a pass. Oh, it's no, a that's pass. A hard pass. <laughs> okay, but sit, wait a second. What region are they from? L.A. Yes, the hard pass. Now, if you were saying they were from Texas, but I don't know. You Louisiana. can't quote me on it. I okay. don't know. Okay, I don't know. Was it spicy? No, hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> it lets me know. They had the I Louisiana hot sauce to add to it. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
That's good sauce. Yeah, that's something that that has entered their zeitgeist you can't from make, over the shoulders. You can't the make a big pot of something spicy if it's to share. No, yes, you can. No, because if people Go, don't want spicy, they can't have it. Too bad. That's that's. What do you mean? You could find Matt Apodaca and Ifin Whiteaway on Twitter, as well as Candy Dinner Pod, which is their show's Twitter uh, handle, and uh, you can. Hear them apparently mostly on anchor.fm is where they seem to want to draw you towards because there's a link for you to be able to support the podcast by going to anchor.fm and then, uh, well, the link's going to be on the blog, I I imagine. (laughs) Next up tonight, Blood and Black Rum Podcast, a cult film horror podcast from Ace Podcast Network. Its description says, The Blood and Black Rum Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast from Ryan at cultsploitation.com and his friend Chris Martin. We're talking everything from niche horror genre fare to classic films to video games and comic books. We're an eclectic duo, and that's probably due to the drinking we do while recording. We take breaks along the way to talk about the best beer and liquor we've had that week. Uh, The clip I've selected is from the episode from March 13th, 2020. It's from episode 163. It's a St. Paddy's Day special, and it features the film Leprechaun in the Hood. And the description of the episode says it's another St. Patrick's Day, and that means another Blood and Black Rum podcast episode on the Leprechaun series. This time we're up to Leprechaun 5, Leprechaun in the Hood. Ryan was sort of dreading this episode, having seen the film before, and we actually struggle with what to talk about about this truly bad movie. However, we do manage to conjure up an hour of discussion about the song Lep in the Hood, the exploitation references, Ice-T doing what Ice-T does best, and more. We're also drinking Goose Island's Lost Palette IP on the show. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Thanks, Warwick Davis, for leading us back into the <laughs> discussion on the film. Um, so, Leprechaun in the Hood, as I said, seen it once before. Pretty sure I wrote an article about it at some point, like six years ago. And as I was telling you, I was like getting you prepared for this movie. I was like, um, are you sure you don't want to go see Birds of Prey? I said that. And th- at that point, you probably suspected something about the film. And then I, I also... Honestly, at this point, there's nothing that's going to like drag me to see a DC movie. <laughs> and then I think... I don't care if in Wonder Woman 84, Gal Gadot strutting around and just harassed, oh, you know, bare-ass yeah, naked yeah. the entire time. I'm just, mm. You're still not interested. Um, the other thing that I said... Um, what, what, did I, what else did I say? Um... Oh, oh, I said, yeah, I I saw it like six years ago and it's still too recent for me to watch it again. So your son loved it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he was really digging. He was digging it. He was he was all about those war. Yeah, three month olds really love (laughs) Leprechaun in the Hood for some reason. I I will say the box art very memorable because I remember that and like the ice cream man always sticking out to me. As yeah, a kid thing, walking around, the weird like, thing video about world. it is that it's like completely not memorable. I I understand what you're saying in that, like, as a kid, you you found it memorable. Like you you still you look at it now and you're like, oh, nostalgia. Well, I remember yeah, yeah. that from being a kid. But no, I mean, like, if you're looking at it now with no no memory of it at all, yeah. you'd be like, this is really fucking bland and not, yeah. Because like, that's what I was gonna say. The I'm poster pretty, artwork I'm, is like every single film that well, came not out. Well, that, I'm pretty sure the picture of Warwick Davis from, is from Leprechaun One. I'm pretty yes. I'm and, sure and that's not updated. And isn't the opening sequence in this film from Leprechaun 1? I think it's from like Leprechaun 2. Or Leprechaun 2. Yeah. One of them. I think they reused it because I was like, that does this does not look like, you know, the production values on Leprechaun in the Hood. 
in that opening sequence, I'm like, I, I feel like I've seen this before somewhere. And yeah, I, it's probably it's probably lepre- it looks like Leprechaun too. Cause yeah, because in Leprechaun one, I think they start off in that fucking wishing well. Yeah, and then I think in Leprechaun two. Yeah, it looks like the cave system that they go into in Leprechaun two. That yeah yeah I, I, I think sti- you're right. Yeah. I think it might be Leprechaun two. Yeah, um, which is just which is how you know you're you're in for. Right, rip roaring good time. If you know the laziness have, that you you back. are uh, you're presented with right away. <laughs> Three films, like all right, what can, what assets do we have? We can reuse, right? you know. Yeah. To, but I mean, I just I really do. I don't know why. I just always remember like the box art to Leprechaun back in the hood and and in the hood as a kid at Video World because they always had them right on the shelves, like prominently featured in the horror section. Like, you know, Leprechaun 5 and 6, and Leprechaun Space. Mm-hmm. Never really Leprechaun 1, 2, or 3, but it was always those, the other three that were always there. And then, like, it was, like, right next to the Ice Cream Man and uh, <coughs> Candy Man, which, by, by the way, that's got to be on the fucking review docket. What's that? Candy Man. Oh, Candy Man? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to do that before the new one releases. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We got to do both. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely remember Leprechaun in the Hood as well. There was a reason why I checked it out at one point, like five or six years ago. I don't exactly recall the reason, but, um, we started doing the Leprechaun series and you wanted to get ahead of the game. Like, no, no, this is, uh, way prior to the blood and back run podcast starting. This was, this was a while ago. I wrote it for a different site. Actually. I, I honestly do not remember what it was for. Um, maybe some sort of comparison. I don't even remember. Um, but you know what? The same issues that I found the previous time still apply. Um, and, you know, sometimes you revisit a film that you thought was really terrible, and then you see the um, some of the humor that might have been missed the first time, or you enjoy that it's so bad that it's good. Um, and for about 30 minutes of Leprechaun in the Hood, you could maybe be um, forgiven for thinking that this film is so bad that it's good. It's got a little charm to it. It does. And I think like, I think the first 20, 25 minutes, there's some charm to it. And as you know tacky what? and hokey uh, you're, as you're it is. You're right, and especially that beginning sequence where they have iced tea and another guy with their afros and picks in, and it's like 1970s uh, black exploitation element to it. Um, the only thing that would have been better is if they could have gotten Pam Greer in there, um, <laughs> which would have definitely been a tongue-in-cheek throwback. Um, but I think that that's like I just like hate good... the fact that they had Colt 54. Yeah, they had to change the name there. You could have kept Colt 45. No one's going to come around and say, like, you can't use Colt 45. Yeah, you, know, you think Billy D. Williams is going to pop out and be like, no, you can't. You, can, you can't use it, yeah. Now, right after this episode, the show stopped publishing episodes until 164, posted on September 7th of this year. It's about the Zack Snyder version of the George A. Romero classic, Dawn of the Dead, and the word reanimated in the Roman numeral I, for one, is in the first part of the title. Also, every subsequent episode that has been released has that in its title. There are up to seven reanimated installments as of my writing this. You can go to the website at bloodandblackrumpodcast.podbean.com. Hello, friends. In this time of political unrest, both in the U.S. of A. and abroad, Bill Haywatt here to offer you a reassuring word from our overlords at Henderson's Pants. If you're overwhelmed with the wild ride the current administration has upon us, relief is just a changing room away. 
Once you slip into a pair of Henderson's new foggy bottom britches, you'll be well on your way to seeing yourself clear of these trying times. Why, you may ask? Well, because foggy bottom britches let you slip into any closed session on Capitol Hill, raucous caucus, or smoke-filled back room with the confidence of the majority party. You'll fit right in with that flushed look that comes from spending other people's money and an enhanced derriere that is just perfect for butting into other people's business. And right now is the perfect time to shop for your foggy bottom britches. Thanks to an executive order and a flurry of tweets from you-know-who, these pants are 15% off until sanity returns to the Oval Office. Originally designed for lobbyists, executives from Goldman Sachs, and the waitstaff at Mar-a-Lago, Henderson's Foggy Bottom Britches are available at your nearest gerrymandered polling place. That's Henderson's, makers of empty suits and stuffed shirts since 1929. And now back to Succotash. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. Trump Poetry. Yes, TrumpPoetry.com. Tonight's reading uh, is two short ones. I was, as uh, I mentioned earlier in the opening of this, uh, that I had not picked one yet, and I have now picked two. I uh, picked one actually yesterday and then earlier today, and they are from the days that they uh, happened on. So number 088 is from October 24th, 2020. There are some who may look askance at a recently filmed circumstance, a hotel, a bed, an old man misled, and Rudy with hand in his pants. And then from the very next day, October 25th, 2020, which is also the date I'm recording this, number 87. Despite all the problems about, beyond a scintilla of doubt, after four years of grief, we'll taste some relief the moment that we vote him out. Right? Right. And our final offering tonight is Spanish Aki Presents from Earwolf. Um, the first thing in the description is the uh, phrase in parentheses, to be read in the voice of Pitbull. Now, I will admit, um, I didn't, when I uh, got ready to do the show, I didn't really have a good sense of what Pitbull sounded like. I'm sure I'd heard his music before, but I guess not closely, or maybe just not in headphones ever. So I took a moment, or two, actually, I took oh, about 20 minutes and listened to about four Pitbull songs. And now I can hear the voice of Pitbull in my head reading this description. But I'm not going to do the impression, because, uh, it's, no, I don't, I don't have the impression, I should say. Um, but for those of you who know what Pitbull sounds like, imagine that he is saying this. Riza, Oscar, and Tony, and Carlos bring you the best of the best of Lo Mejor of Latinx comedy. Join them as they ask, Que te pica? Which is what's itching you, it says in parentheses. Chat with their special guest and wrap up the show with an improv set that's muy fuego. Dale! So this is from the episode uh, from September 21st, 2020. It's called Hustle Recognizes Hustle with Gloria Calderon Kellett and Tanya Saracho. In the description it says, Gloria Calderon Kellett from One Day at a Time 
and Tanya Saracho from Vida, or I guess it would be Vida, join the SAP crew to offer advice on whether or not you should incorporate COVID into the scripts you write, how to tell loved ones that you need space to write without being rude, and why you shouldn't, quote, shoot your shot, unquote, until you know how to dribble and shoot, and much more. And in this clip, the group discusses whether or not incorporated COVID-19 into future media projects is appropriate and how tragedy inspires and has inspired pop culture. So we got one from Latina-ish TV, and they want to know if we should incorporate the new COVID world into our scripts. Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. I think it depends. I think it depends. I, I think there will be people that will want this acknowledged. And I think there will want there will be people who will want to move past this. I'm thinking about like World War One, World War Two, and the programming yes. that people gravitated towards after those, mm-hmm. and they tended to want feel good stuff because they were sick of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have to say that nothing I am currently making acknowledges COVID. Mm-hmm. Tight, tight. And I think it's up to you. Um, I I sat on a couple of panels with showrunners and they're all, it's up to, it's like, yeah, like, well, I just sat in a panel with Bruce Miller. I mean, that's, that is basically like, you know, that his show is um, basically. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale. You know, and then there's other stuff that's like, I, I, because of this, this first thing I want to try is this love story. That's why I'm going to London, this London love story because of the need to like, a pure, not rom-com, a love story. Yes. I, 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 um, I swallowed up uh, normal people and Emma and Notting oh. Hill. Like I was just like, I, need, uh, you know, so it's oh, what, the as, as a consumer, I like, <laughs> I need to consume love in that way. So that's why, but, but I do think for that one, I'm going to incorporate it. I think, you know, yeah. in the yeah. story just to see, cause it, it, you know, by the time we get to shoot it, it might be a different moment. I, I right now I'm planning to, um, okay. but, but I think it's up to people because like, I think it's up to people. I think we're going to be forgiven for it because, um, historically we've never been except for poets, um, and rappers, mm-hmm. um, uh, writing about the moment. It's hardly mm-hmm. ever when you're processing the moment you're going through it it's, in, in retrospect is where the yeah. like, sort of, yeah. when you come out of it, like, you're like, Oh, that's what happened to us. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, I think, I think about nine 11 <laughs> and like, we didn't start seeing content like maybe like two, three years after the fact. I don't think That's people right. necessarily wanted to live in that world. And it's also like, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, I think it's, it's, it's depending on the project. Like for one day at a time, we hope to get a fifth season. And if we do, we will absolutely deal with it because yeah. Penelope is a nurse practitioner. Like Dr. Bergwitz is a doctor. There's like so they much. would, yeah. there's a lot that we would process and we would talk about. I don't know that the whole season would be about that, but we would certainly discuss it because that's what that family is going through. And that's what that show is, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely, I agree. Cause I, I like, uh, um, I like, I think of like Grey's Anatomy and like shows like that as well, where they're like those type of shows. I'm like, yeah, of course they're going to do like some COVID and like whatever they get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, they, it's so for them, that's easy. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, you know, like, that's like, it's like, it's gotta be thrown in, but I totally agree. Like there's going to be so many different, you know, we're going to get a lifetime movie, hopefully in COVID quarantine times. And it's like, God, please. Oh, I love lifetime movies. I'm like, I love them. The well, there's a lot of, I, I don't know if you uh, as actors participated in any of these. I know my friend Raul Castillo, Car- uh, Carlos Miranda, they were in the, uh, pilots that were like they shot themselves Zoom? 
Yeah, it was like Zoom pilot? no. Yeah. Well, they I think something fancier, but they sent them mm. the equipment like quarantine, quarantine, quarantine yeah. theme, like they, yeah. you know. And that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like my friend Arnold just finished something with like pretty big actors that they he got all the equipment. It was part of the th- you know, and so mm. we're gonna see some of that. I, For I, sure. I know. Jenji uh, Cohen is producing uh, something, and then there's Love in the Time of Color. I mean, yeah. we're also going to see that because we are artists, and we also have to like express, express what's happening. Yeah. Get it, you know? It's but I do think that the most meaningful stuff is going to happen, like you said, Carlitos. Like a, in a few years, we're going to look back and be like, "Oh fuck, yeah, this is how we survived that, and this yeah. is the effect it had on us," you know? Yeah, the, you yeah. know the way when when the nine eleven when everybody mm-hmm. started being sick and be like. Oh, we did that to these people, and then we haven't fixed it. You know, all that, like socially, like what it. And you but, see it in but, movies too. How, like, just like not even dealing with nine eleven, you see how the themes in movies evolved and in television as well. So I feel like that's what's going to happen for sure. Oh yeah. Um, what I would yeah. look forward to is like a Lord of the Rings type thing, because you know that was born out of World War Two. Like a fantasy, like Godzilla with yeah, a nuclear war, war, like that kind of yeah. You know, wow. so, because that like you know same thing like McCarthyism, the Crucible, like all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff that like becomes it's not as literal, it's like a metaphor. Yeah, monsters, the monsters, right? Uh-huh. Like who are I the, mean, monsters? the monsters? Oh, interesting. Oh, I yes. love that. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not even really that into sci-fi, but like, like knowing that I didn't know that about Lord of the Rings or Godzilla. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. He like, was, um, um. So, he was in the war. Yeah, and that's wow. what. Like it was like a, yeah. It was, huh. it's, C.S. Lewis. Oh no. Uh, no, it's oh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. So you can follow everybody here on Instagram, which seems to be their preferred uh, social media to put out there. Um, you can find the ma- the main show at Spanish Aki Presents, and that's the one I'll give. And everybody else, you can find probably on the blog. Is S P A N I S H A Q U I P R E S E N T S. And you can find the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, and of course at Earwolf, as well as other places that soundcasts are acquired and consumed. And there's your last episode before Super Tuesday. Tuesdays are the show's release date, so there will be one dropping on that day, theoretically, and it will be hosted and assembled by Mark Hershon. I'd just like to wrap by urging you to vote like your life depends on it, because it might. Vote safely by mail if you can, or in person if you must. Avoid the maskless like the plague and report anything that looks like voter suppression or intimidation to the FBI. We will get through this together, one way or another. Well, that's enough out of me for now. Please share the show with others if you enjoyed it or found it helpful in any way. Sharing is also caring, and it is what we mean when we gently urge you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, TrumpPoetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. 
You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at T-Y-S-O-N at SuccotashShow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.